Pierre, I want to thank you for taking the time to be here. My pleasure. We have been through a lot here at this club. You and I. <laughs> well, the reconstruction being one thing. Every that was one thing, but yeah. then we do not. You'd been on the board prior to that, weren't you? Yes. You've been in Japan since since the mid '80s. Since the mid '80s, yeah. and you were also born in Denmark. Born in the south of Denmark in a, in a small town with uh, about uh, six thousand people. So were you were your towns close by each other? The Not distance from Anna's home till the town called Maribo, where I grew up, is about twenty kilometers. Twenty kilometers. Yeah. And when she went to high school, that's when you met her. Yeah, when we we went to the same grade, the same class at high school, is but right? we didn't really know each other that well. Right. Who so would you think of her uh, besides being beautiful? You said <laughs> a pretty girl over there. You look at Unremarkable, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful eyes. That's right. <laughs> so you're looking at her, you're going, hmm. But she was looking somewhere else. <laughs> she had a boyfriend. Okay. Right. Did you beat, is that the guy you said you used to beat up in the corner? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen, so do you have brothers and sisters? I have one, a younger brother, three years younger. Three years younger. Are you guys close? Quite close. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So what kind of work did your mother and father do? So my mother was a children's nurse. Uh, and uh, my father was a sales representative for an oil company. Is that right? So did he have any aspirations as to what he wanted you to become? No, I didn't get much guidance, to be quite honest. They, they let yeah. me do what I wanted. Oh, did they? Yeah. You, so when growing up, what, did you, I mean, what was it like for you in elementary school? So um, I did very well in school, basically, and so it was easy for me to go to school. So, and, uh, so did you get bored easily? And no, no. Were you nice bored. to the teachers? Yes. <laughs> you know I'm asking all this because I know it's like now. <laughs> so you, you really, so you did really well. Did you read a lot? I read a lot. What kind of books did you like to read? Uh, so adventure books like Stevenson and uh, and um, Kipling. You know, it's kind of. Well, you're starting when? From when? Well, when you from were when I could read. You know, from really? Like, probably from eight, right? Okay. Eight or nine. So what, what would someone find you doing? Let's say elementary school ages. What would you be doing at that time? Would you be outside running around? I, I was a Boy Scout as well. Okay. So I was quite outside a lot. But Boy Scouts start after the Cub Scouts. I was a Cub Scout. Oh, so you did a Cub Scout yeah. as well. So your father had you involved in things. Yeah, he was also quite involved with the parents. Oh, was he really? <laughs> yeah. So okay. Too much, according to my brother and I. So your mother and father were they were they they were around a lot, or did they have to travel? They were around a lot. They were a lot around a lot. It was it was very steady uh, childhood because my father he worked from home, as oh, did you he? did at that time. So he he got up at around six thirty or something, made his made his own breakfast. He had telephone hour from seven thirty to eight. Then he left by his car, and he came back at five thirty, and my mother had prepared dinner. So it was very consistent. Yeah. What do you remember? What are some of the childhood things you remember doing that you really enjoyed? I enjoyed the Boy Scouting. Did I you? Really? Yes, and I enjoyed good friends. very good friends in the Boy Scout group, and uh, I spent a lot of time in the library reading. Right. Okay. You know, in the states, we call those kind of guys like they were nerdy kids, the ones that stayed in the library and stuff, and they did, they weren't social. No, I, I, I had good friends. You had good Quite friends? Social. That also stayed in the library with you? Not so much. 
Not so much. Okay, I'm just trying to figure this out. So what about your brother? What was he like? What is he like? Uh, he's, he's a publisher right now. Uh, so he, he also read a lot and he studied. You say he's a publisher? He works as a publishing editor in a publishing company. Okay. And he's, he's, he spent a lot of time also in the library. He got a second hand. Sorry, not a second hand. He got a second job in the, in the library, in the music department of the library. So he, he was sort of renting out records. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you, who do you think got you interested in reading? Because that's not something you just pick up on your own. My mother and father both read a lot. Oh, did they really? Yeah. So would they sit down with you and read books to you when you were really young? Yes. And you remember that? Yes. I think that's very important for children when parents do that. My parents were too busy getting divorced. <laughs> so <laughs> I missed out big time. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I remember saying I wanted to stay with my father and not my mother. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. So y your parents still here now? My father passed away in, uh, at 69 uh, from prostate cancer. When? At age 69? Yeah, in, okay. that was in 84. Mm -hmm. yeah. right. No, no, 94, of course. 94. Were, were you there still in Denmark? Well, no, I was here. Mm -hmm. um, it was, <coughs> I remember, it was uh, Golden Week in 94. Uh, and uh, my mother called me and said, I think you should come back to Denmark because your father's not really well. So I took Golden Week, it's not easy to get a, f a flight. So I got a cramped into a Virgin Atlantic to London and then on to, to Copenhagen. And then uh, I went down, fell asleep on the train uh, and ended up in a totally different place and I had to take a taxi back. And then I came at two o'clock in the morning and my father just woke up again and he stayed alive for another four days. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm. You got to be with him the whole time? Yes. That's good. I did the same with my father. I was very close with him. So mom, she's doing well? She's not doing so well. She's, she's got uh, arthritis. And mm. uh, she stays in a care home now. Okay. Right. But, she, but her mind is okay. How old is she now? She turns 94 in March. Okay. Same age as my mother. Yeah, okay. But I'm sure we're different age. You and I do. Okay, I'm 70 now. How old are you now? 66. See, I thought I was older than him a lot older. <laughs> I just turned 70 this year. Yeah, yeah. I turned 66. Yeah, that's why I'm wearing this purple tie. That's, <laughs> the age. that's, that's what you do when you're 70 here. You wear purple. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, when you're 60, it's, it's red. Yeah, I know. Right. So, <laughs> that, I got that camera right, that phone right there when I was 60. Okay. This is red, see? <laughs> 60. So those, so you had that. Did you have any hobbies and stuff? I mean, you said you did the Boy Scouts. I understand that. Did you get all the badges? And some of them, most of them, I think. Most of them, did yeah. you? So what did you like so much about the Boy Scouts outside of the outdoor activity? The camaraderie. Camaraderie? You yeah. like that? Yeah. We, I mean, it was totally different. We were not really, um, we didn't always follow the rules, let's put it that way. What did you do that was outside the rules? Well, I mean, my brother made beer in the... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What, age, what age are we talking I, about now? I think 16. Okay, 16. Yeah. Beer. So that's not a Boy Scout skill now? No, that's it's not a Boy Scout skill, skill. But, but they did it in the, in the loft of the, of the cottage. <laughs> okay. We were afraid the, blick, blick, the people parents could hear it, but they never found out. You guys had beer there. <laughs> did you, when did you learn how to sail? It's quite late, actually. I didn't sail in Denmark. I... Um, I got a job uh, in a 
a South African uh, control company here in Tokyo, and the owner was British. Or the, well, yeah, the owner was British, and he was a part part member of a of a yacht. And he said, "Well, what, Pierre, why don't you come along and sail?" He said, "Well, I don't really know anything about it." So he said, uh, "Well, you know, my partners can teach you." So the two Japanese guys. So I was about thirty-five or six at the time. That's late. Mm. Then what about me? I just got my license. What are you talking about? That's late. Is that really late? I got my license in two thousand. Okay. Yeah. And uh, then Anna came, and uh, we then all, all the partners had left except one, uh, and uh, we sailed with him and by ourselves around uh, Tokyo Bay and. Sagami Bay and so on. Then one day um, we sailed with the other pilots and his friends and uh, became too much for Anna's claustrophobia. And, um, and wait, wait, <laughs> said, what was, what was, say it again, what happened? 30 foot, no, there were too many people on the boat. They, prom they promised to bring And they promised to bring a tent and sleep on the quayside, but they didn't do it, so we had, they slept all on boat. And the boat, she said, this is the last time I do this. I want my own boat. <laughs> so because you enjoyed the openness and everything. Yeah. So we, so, so we, uh, I basically gave the old boat to Kamuno, uh, my partner, and uh, and uh, that was later sold and sailed to Korea. Mm. And then we bought a forty-one foot, forty-two foot boat. You sailed to Korea? No, no. They he sold the oh. boat, and the new owner sailed it to Korea. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever sailed to Korea from here? No. Yeah, where's the furthest you've gone from here? Uh, from here, the first is uh, south of Nagoya. South of Nagoya. The key from Tokyo. Yeah. yeah. How long did that take? It's it's one overnight. Yeah. Yeah. So you were on the water overnight? Yes, yes. I mean, uh, but I also sailed from here to to uh, Kobe on a French on a French yacht. On a friend yacht, yeah. But you, you weren't doing it, were you? No, yeah, yeah. You were. Yeah. Were you there too for yeah, that one? Yes, yes. And that was a, another overnighter. That's that also overnight. Yeah, overnight, right? Yeah. But we do that. I mean, now we, we sold our yacht here, and uh, we have a yacht in Spain now. So, uh, what? How many footer? How Fifty footer. Fifty footer. Wow. Yeah. And uh, we sail quite often overnight over to Mallorca or so on. That's nice. That is but I mean, nice. we sailed from. Uh, well, we sailed from. Uh, we bought the boat when it was in, in, in England, and we sailed, uh, and it was not was not there. But we sailed it down to Gibraltar with some friends. How long did that take? It's a week. Uh, but we stopped a few places, but overnight over the Biscay and so on. Yeah. And then uh, Anne and I sailed her up to where we have our house in Spain. That was. Uh, about a week, I think, mm -hmm. and one overnight we, we stopped, and then later we sailed the French boat from Gibraltar down to the down to Madeira, and then from Madeira down to the Canary Islands, and then a couple of years later we sailed that boat to Antigua, to uh, across the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. Now I've just started s not sailing, but start. I have my boat license, so I've done just Tokyo Bay, yeah, a motorboat. What are some of your biggest concerns, or what are some of the biggest challenges you've had from from the time you started sailing till now? Tell me some of the challenges. I think I think the challenges we 
the wind is something you can control to some extent by by uh, diminishing the sail area by reef reefing the sails and uh, but you can't control the waves so so the waves um, they roll you about a lot if they're too big so we try to stay away from from uh, going directly into waves but you can't always know this right so, so have you had any times when you just couldn't I mean the wave was pretty big and yeah we had that a few times have you been on the boat when that happened too mm. So what do you what, what goes through your head at that time? Uh, just it's just when you bang into the waves, you're hoping that the mast is not going to fall off or something like that. Right. Like, you know, if the waves are behind you uh, and the wind is strong, then you're afraid that you'll broach. But that has actually has never happened. Uh, not to you. Not to us. And it won't either. I hope I, not. I now <laughs> say it will never happen. Touch to wood. You. Right. Touch wood. <laughs> never <laughs> happen. Right. <laughs> That is interesting. So at nighttime, when you're sailing at night, you really have to know what you're doing. You don't do it by stars. You have your compass and everything else. Uh, it's, it's much easier these days because of you just have a... Your navy system. Yeah, a GPS control. GPS, and it tells yeah. you exactly where yeah. you are. Yeah. But that's the part that I... That's the reason why I think you have... The first license you get is one. I'm sorry you're in the light now. Maybe I should... How can... If I move you, I have to move the cameras. Yeah, no, maybe you just fine. have to move your head because yeah. you can have a white line like that. You can't close it. I've tried. You can't. We just have to wait till the sun gets past him. And then we'll do it. We have time. Well, we just wait. Yeah, yeah, you can go like that, yeah. But the thing I think about is when you, they make, when you do the test, you have to navigate the way, you know, with the compasses and everything. Yeah, I when mean, you're that's doing the it's test. A, it but it's not practical today, anymore. Today, today, that's just a backup. That's all it is. Yeah. And uh, on the old boats, we had all these stacks of paper charts. Detailed ones, yeah. but d we don't have that now. We have uh, some very uh, big scale charts of the area, so we can more to see where we are. Our backup now is an iPad. Oh, right, exactly. It's an iPad with the batteries and so make sure it's charged. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so last last time, uh, last time just before we came into port, the set system actually failed. No more satellite, and I think I know why because it was poor repair. So because we had all these, I'm uh, talking about the waves, had all these the same waves. So the salt water had come into yes. the uh, little, uh, into the cable right. uh, opening. That's all it has to do. Yeah. But it's not supposed to do that. It's supposed to be sealed properly. But it wasn't. But I think the, uh, the guy hadn't sealed it properly. So it disappeared. So it's not, oh no. And, and, uh, but, it, but we knew where we were because we could see it, you know. You could see it. You were within distance yeah. to see it. Yeah. Okay. And that can be deceptive too, unless you. And you have the uh, you have a backup on your on your phone, right? And on your iPad. Yes. So. Because I have all my Navi stuff on my phone. Yeah. yeah. All the apps you just go into and boom, it tells you. I mean, sometimes the the apps on the iPhone are actually sometimes better than on the chart plotter. More really? detailed. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. That's so It's interesting. a different maker. Do you ever do you ever fish when you're going out? Uh, no. You never fish. No, we have. I did it once. You did it once. Yeah, and and uh, when you catch something, you have to prepare it right away. Of course. Yeah, otherwise it starts smelling. Okay. So this particular mahi mahi that Annie caught, uh, she just threw it in the sink down below, and it started. Uh, oh. <laughs> so and also when we when you when you sort of Cut finish it. it with a hammer. <laughs> it, uh, 
sort of uh, blood splatters all over the cockpit, and I, I got a little bit upset about that. <laughs> so no fish, no, no fish, fish on your boat, no, no fish on your boat, unless you bring it on. <laughs> You're ready to prepare eat it right when now. We, when we crossed the Atlantic, they had fishing gear, but they caught a couple of fish and we ate them as sashimi, quite nice. Uh, you had someone there that knew how to do that? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, two very good cooks, as a matter of fact. And, uh, but, but the skipper had bought all the wrong fishing equipment, so either the line broke, or the fishing rod broke <laughs> all the time. So at the end, we didn't have any left. <laughs> Is that right? That's interesting. So tell me, Perry, when you came over here, you said you worked with which company did you work with? The first company was is a now non-existent company anymore called the East Asiatic Company. It was a very large uh, Danish headquartered worldwide company. What did it do? What did it do? They, they had shipping. It was like a Soko Social, like a Japanese. Uh, trading company, all sorts of investments in like industry. Is like Dinsa? No, no, like Mitsubishi. Like or Mitsubishi, like Mitsubishi okay, yeah. like the big one, okay. Yeah. And um, I worked for them for a couple of years, then I switched to a similar type company, which was Swiss. Uh, and then later on, I, I got involved with the uh, with the South, Af South African uh, trade in foodstuffs. How long did you do that? It was uh, quite a long time. It was from uh, 93 till 2000. But then, then from there, Ni uh, I was going to say from it was not a long time. Ninety-three to two thousand and ten. I was going to say, yeah. And then uh, you stopped. You didn't work for anyone after that, did uh, you? No. Then I I got involved with the uh, recruitment. That's right. That's yeah. why I know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, with right. Ingenium, I I got Ingenium, the yes. I got the job there, and then later. But you were you were t you you had a s you had a space of time there that you weren't doing anything, wasn't it? No. Oh really? So straight yeah. from that company to yeah. So I in the end, the I was running the South African foodstuffs company with some partners, and the end, in the end, we actually closed it down uh, because it became uninteresting. And but at about this, uh, almost at the same time, I got the job with Ingenium, mm -hmm. and then later I became managing director when Boxer left. Mm -hmm. yeah. So now, what do you do? What are you doing these days? I am doing a little bit of recruitment uh, with another partner, just but just. Very small, but uh, I do some projects. So you enjoy doing that? Yeah. So I'm. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm working full time, but I'm working three quarters of the time mm -hmm. with different mm -hmm. projects. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other hobbies and stuff that you're doing? S skiing, of course. And you ski? Yeah. So sailing and skiing are your two biggest things. Yes. You ski as well? No. Yes. And and Annie was uh, it's a little bit the same when she came to Japan. She could. She'd been out skiing two or three times before, so she wasn't exactly. Mrs. Skiing Queen, you know. Uh, so, 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 but but uh, she practiced a lot and um, took lessons, and I I helped her teach her also, which I'm not sure she liked very much, but uh, she she became quite good. Really? Yeah. So, so now you can get on the advanced slope and come down. More than that. Oh, more than that. More than that. You do moguls too. Moguls is something we don't really do. Right. I was going to say because it yeah. really it wrecks your knees. Yeah. My goodness. So no, I was gonna, in Denmark, isn't it a big hunting culture too? In Denmark, there's a lot of hunting. That's yes. what I thought so. Yes, yes. So did you ever hunt? No. But you never hunted either. That's what surprised from both of you because I was thinking that that would be something that you would do just because most of your friends, I bet you are hunters, don't they hunt? S uh, some of them do. I yeah. think so, yeah. yes. Yeah. 
Wow, but that's just nothing you're... No, I never, it never appealed to me to shoot uh, animals. You know, okay. Your father, did he ever... No, he didn't. He my didn't my uh, brothers, my father's brother did. Okay. So we have some, uh, and also Anna's friends okay. before did. So she has right. uh, quite a few, had a quite a few contact with hunters. Right. But we, we didn't uh, do it ourselves. Never got involved. Yeah. Okay. He didn't like to kill animals. I, I did rabbits, rabbits and pheasant when yeah. I was small. I just liked the fact that I was quick. It's yeah. a it's the same. <coughs> then they're the most popular rabbits uh, and games in uh, pheasants. Right? Yeah, yeah. Not big game. I've never done big game. I don't know that I would enjoy that either, because it's too. It's just to so rab rabbits and pheasants. You use shotguns, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. You never have to use a slug or anything. You just yeah. Yeah, right. That's what we do. Pierre, if you could go back in time, knowing what you know today, what advice would you give the younger Pierre, and what age would you be? I, uh, I would also pick uh, teenage years, just, just before you select what education you want to do. Um, in my particular case, I didn't get, as I told you before, I didn't get much advice from my parents about what I should do. I was thinking to become a medical doctor. I was thinking to become a, a chemical engineer and so on, so different things. But I also didn't want to have student debt. So I wanted to you make- You were concerned about that then? Yeah. So I got a job with this East Asiatic company as, a, as an apprentice. Okay. Uh, and they took, they paid your education basically. They paid for you to, you got paid to, to do what you're doing. Yeah. yeah, so I, so, and they sent you abroad after four years at head office when you, you study and you work at the same time and so on. So I would probably have given the advice to my younger self something about doing an academic career or something like that, mm -hmm. which I didn't do in the beginning. I, later I took my MBA, but that was much later, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so just, but at least the company paid for it. They paid for my bachelor, I did and part-time studies when I was in Canada. So I didn't, I didn't end up with any debt. Wait, how old were you when you left? Um, 20, 22, right? You, you had stayed in, de in, in, in eight, eight, Denmark eight, for eight, eight, 18 to, or 19, sorry, to just before 23. Uh, so three and a half years in no, the head office. No, I mean, when was the first time you left your country? Oh. How old were you when you first left? Oh, sorry, I misunderstood the question. The first time I left Denmark was to go to Germany. Uh, no, to go to Sweden. How when I was seven. Seven? Yeah. Okay, so you... Because my, my mother drove to the island of Bornholm using ferry boats, and you had to pass through Sweden to get to, to that other island. And at that, those days, they had left-hand driving in Sweden. Oh, did they? It changed in 64. 64? Yeah. You know, they did trucks on the Tuesday and normal cars on the Wednesday. <laughs> on the ferries, you mean, you mean the ferries, <laughs> It's right? a joke. <laughs> change the lane, oh, I see, oh. No, you had to change uh, when you, yeah, you had to change when you. You actually did? Yeah. But oh. when you got off the ferry, you had to change the lanes. Okay. Yeah. Because you're on one side, yeah, wow. Yeah. But they changed in 64. Yes. But you don't remember that. You couldn't remember. No, no, I, I, no, I, 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 I just. I heard a podcast about right. it the other day. You heard about it the other day, <laughs> and you said, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> Pierre, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come here. Really My appreciate pleasure. it. Very nice to meet you so much. Same here.
I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Make sure you press like and subscribe. And never forget, it's all on loan, so continue to reach for the stars because you're too blessed to be stressed. Thank you.